Good morning. It's great to be here. To, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here today where we can worship together. You can find a Connect card. And you, that we in the back of the chair in front of you. And uh, this is where you can share your praises and prayer requests. If you do not currently receive the weekly email that Kim puts out, um, <clears throat> please put that your and you would like to receive it, just put that on the connect card. <clears throat> also, if you would like to join the church and call Yorkshire Free Methodist Church your home church, please note it on the card, and you can put this box in the back on, as you leave today. Um, we just finished up the uh, sign-ups for the team basketball, and it is a whopping 157 children. So... <laughs> which leaves plenty of opportunities to volunteer. <laughs> now, you don't have to be running back and forth with the whistle on the, on the, uh, on the cord in there, and they do have um, some of the, their coaches, but we can use people to be greeters. We like to welcome people into our church, not just to have them come in. And then you can sell candy and popcorn and just kind of be here to um, help anybody that needs it. So we'd love to have you kind of sign up for that stuff too. Um, because our basketball will be starting in January the 13th, hopefully, um, the Ben's breakfast is going to be put on hold until April. Be a little bit too much competition out there. Um, next Sunday is Christmas Eve, and there will be two services, the usual service at 10 o'clock, and what's really special about this is that the children from the Sunday school will be part of that service, and I think that just adds a lot of beauty to the, to the uh, Christmas service. And then there will also be a candlelight service at 6.30. Um, just look forward to our senior lunches. And you can decide if you're a senior or not, so you're welcome to come. And we will be starting on January 13th, and there's going to be some um, handouts there in, uh, after the Christmas season because there's so much going on right now. So have a great day. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a, a verse. <laughs> See, isn't it fun to have kids up here and, you know, all the kinds of people? <laughs> In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill us with joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to focus first on Christ in this season of Advent. There are so many things that distract us. Bring us back to the true meaning of Christmas. You gave us this gift of your Son, Jesus, to give us new life, peace, hope, and love. Help us to remember that the gift of Christ is our greatest treasure, not just at Christmas, but through the whole year. Let us embrace the joy, hope, peace, and love of this Advent season. 
And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Um, today we light the joy candle. And our scripture is from Luke 2, 10 through 11. And the angel said to him, them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. <clears throat> the, shepherd hear, the shepherds hear the angel's proclamation and indeed are filled with both awe and joy. They are mere shepherds, considered by some as the lowest of the low. But the angels come to them, no one else but to them, and gives them the news of a momentous event, the birth of the Messiah. Filled with joy, they careen down the hills into the town, fill, <clears throat> excuse me, find the stable and the manger, and kneel before the Christ child. Joy is an emotion of exaltation that comes from the new realization, an event of blessing, a state of blessedness. And surely the shepherds feel that. But as the years progress, and they tell the story to their children's children, the sense of wonder and joy remains. An angel has spoken to them. The angel spoke of a physical birth, but there is also a spiritual dimension. The joy that breaks upon us when we finally grasp that Jesus loves us in spite of ourselves, forgives all of our sins and past failings, and takes up residence in our lives. Then the initial joy melts into an enduring joy of companionship with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for the joy of the angels experienced, the joy of Jesus' birth, and the joy of the new birth that we experience day by day until we see you in glory. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you like holiday Christmas music, you're going to love worship this morning. So let's stand together and sing his praises.
Christ have adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Mild He lays His glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sun. people said. Amen. Angels from the realms of glory
worship Christ, the newborn King. God is with us even now, His love is here. Come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. God is with us even now, His love is here. His love is here, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises, Before the 
It's only by your blood, and it's only through your mercy.
to be seated, please feel free. Good morning. This morning's reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. If you would pray with me, please. Dear God, we thank you for this Christmas season where we celebrate the birth of your son, a gift of immense importance to each of us. Jesus is the gift of our salvation, where we all, in our own way, must say yes to him and ultimately to you. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for the promise of salvation for us. I was reminded of your majesty as I watched the meteor shower over the last several days. 
it puts me in mind of what that star over Bethlehem must have been like. Something new to all who watched the night skies. Something that inspired awe and brought the Magi with their gifts. Thank you for the reminders in our world that help us to think of you. Last week, Kathy reminded us to seek simplicity, direct our thoughts towards Christ, and take a minute to be calm. On Friday evening, I sat on a bench, one that a friend's father had constructed for our family. It was dark, and as I sat there in the middle of our yard and watched for those meteors, my favorite barn cat quietly found his way to the bench and sat by my side. It was quiet, peaceful, and a wonderful time to reflect on the blessings that this life offers. May we all find that time during this week, the time to be grateful and mindful of what the season really means for us as Christians. Please bless all those who travel. May they find joy with friends and family as they share time together, and may they return home safely. God, help us to have an open mind to your word and to what Pastor Mark has prepared for us today. May you strengthen us to take your word and put it into action. May we advance your kingdom by our words and our actions as we try to follow Christ and do your will through living our lives. Forgive us when we fail, and may we boast in you when there is success. For through you, all things are possible. Amen.
thinking you could run a play for us. We are in a really big hurry. Sure. What's the plate? Two nine T number. Two nine T H D zero three. Two nine T H D zero three T H D zero three H D zero three D zero three zero three Hey Flash, want to hear a joke? Sure. What do you call a three-humped camel? I don't know. What do you call a three-humped camel? Three-humped camel. Pregnant. Priscilla. Oh, no! Yes? Flash? What? <gasps> Do. No! You call. A three-humped camel? Uh, pregnant! Okay, great, we got it! Please humped. just... Humped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that clip was from a movie called Zootopia. That ever been you? Oh, maybe... Maybe not at a DMV office, but when you're waiting for something and you just want it to happen and you keep on trying to make it happen maybe a little faster and it doesn't quite go like that, but you, you're that waiting, that waiting, that waiting. We've been talking about watching and waiting during this series and in an interview with uh, Dargan Thompson, he's a writer for a magazine, he interviews Bishop N.T. Wright. Um, and he asks him a question. He says, when it, what happens, or what's it about when it appears God really isn't working? Part of N.T. Wright's reply was this. We may wonder why God didn't just fix sin right away in Genesis 4. Genesis 4, that's where Cain and Abel, they have that uh, death scene. Well, he took years until the time was right to make a correction. And T. Wright goes on to say, I think part of our problem here is that when we read the Bible, we read it with long hindsight. We look and we say, oh yeah, there's God rescuing his people in Egypt. Well, yes, that, that is dramatic and that happened. But then in Psalms, the poets are saying, has God forgotten us? Has he forgotten to be gracious to us? Has he abandoned us? It's a long time now that we've been waiting uh, from Psalm 13. We talked about that last week. The great book of Isaiah promised a great new moment when God would come in person and would become king. And yet, more than 500 years before Jesus came, during those years, many wise Jews pondered and prayed and struggled. Other people said, oh, it's just a load of old mythology. It's never going to happen. But they kept on praying and waiting. And finally, this explosive thing happened. 
which we call Jesus. Something that stood out to me in that interview was the closing remarks by N.T. Wright. They kept waiting and praying. Waiting and praying. Last week, we looked at a bit about patience, right? And, and, and that is what I think the good bishop was getting at. They kept. They didn't stop. They didn't give up. They didn't take time off. They didn't step away. They kept. They kept what? Waiting and praying. Waiting and praying. These past couple days, I've spent a bit of time in hospitals just waiting around. My father-in-law had a, a heart issue and got taken in, and things are well now. He's, uh, he's back home. In fact, he was part of a, of a Christmas celebration party yesterday. The bypass, or I'm sorry, stint and balloon and all that went well. But while you're sitting in there waiting in that hospital, what are you really doing? <laughs> you're killing time. Oh, we knew he was going to be admitted to a room. You're in the ER and you knew that, but it's going to take time to get there. And then the next day, because it was an emergency thing, or I guess emergency thing, it wasn't scheduled, right? So that takes time. And then even during the release, they tell you in the morning, hey, you're going to get out today. And then at noon, they come in and say, what do you want for lunch? It takes time. All you're doing is, is killing time. You're waiting. You know it's coming, but you're waiting. The waiting that Israel was doing was done prayerfully. Prayerfully with purpose. Praying with an expectation of a person, of an intervention of God. Isaiah said this whole thing would start. How would we know it was coming? Well, Isaiah writes, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Well, today we're going to spend a little time looking at the couple who had waited and waited, and then their waiting was over. A priest by the name of Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. Dr. Luke writes about this couple in Luke chapter 1. He says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Maybe. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they both were very old. Let me consolidate the rest of the story. These two are not just old, but bordering on ancient, okay? They were not just past childbearing age. They were past grandparent age. They were working on great-grandparent age, all right? Zechariah is in the temple taking care of the lamps and that sort of thing. He was, he was sent in alone, so it seems like he was in that holy of holy place. He's inside there, and all of a sudden, an angel appears to him. This angel appears and tells him that Elizabeth is going to conceive. You, Zach, are finally going to be a dad. Zach is more than a little bit skeptical. He downright disbelieves. He just falls short of calling Gabriel, Gabriel, the angel who says, and I stand in the presence of God. He falls just a little bit short of calling him a fibber. And Gabriel says, well, because you doubt me, you're not going to be able to speak until this child is born. 
And Zechariah walks out of the temple mute. Everyone realizes that he's had a vision, but they don't know what it is. Can you imagine what that might have been like for them? You're standing outside waiting for Zechariah. You know he's in there. You know he's a little long in the tooth, okay? And so you're waiting, and he's not coming out. And you're waiting, and he's not coming out. Now you start to get worried for your friend, right? Oh, great, what happened? We got to go in there? Who's going to do that job? When all of a sudden he comes out, you're relieved at first, but you notice he can't talk. He can't speak at all. And the text says he made signs to communicate with them. Well, what did that look like? He comes out and he looks over there and goes, No, not bird. Angel. No, it had to be something like that. Thus was it communicated, and charades was invented at the same time. He works his time there. He works it out, and then goes home. And a while later, Elizabeth goes into seclusion, for she's pregnant. At this time in history, not having a child was looked upon as if you were out of favor, out of favor with God. Somehow you'd done something or, or your family had done something and, man, God wasn't too happy with you right now. But the text says that they were righteous people. Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying for years for a child. But as they got older, they just accepted that blessing was not to be theirs. Some scholars have said that Elizabeth may have been 80 years of age at this time. Great-grandparent age. Gabriel said, your prayers had been heard. Has Zechariah and Elizabeth still been praying for that child? I mean, even as he's lighting the candles? We don't know. Maybe. But what is evident was that they had prayed for this event. They had waited for this event. I'd be willing even to bet. Can I say bet from up here? I think so. I'd be willing to bet that they even fasted and prayed about this. Maybe not the week before, but they had done so in the past. And God, at the right moment, answered their prayer. In the commentary on Luke, the author Derek Brock writes this. When God acts to fulfill his promises, he meets a wide array of needs. After a long period of silence here, God acts in the time of Herod the Great, to begin realizing key aspects of his plan, that plan that Isaiah mentioned. Okay. Uh, though, he is though he is concerned to fulfill his promise to Israel, God is also meeting the personal needs of a righteous couple. Luke introduces the parents of John as pious, law-abiding saints. Thus, from its very beginning, the new movement of God is steeped in righteousness. Yet despite their righteousness, they have suffered the disappointment of barrenness, a condition Elizabeth will later refer to in verse 25 as disgrace. She is disgraced because of it. Elizabeth's feelings are perfectly understandable, but to be barren is not an indication of the presence of sin or of condemnation. It may be an opportunity for blessing, whether God grants a child late in life or allows a couple to pursue their other opportunities of service, in Scripture, when God allows a woman to be barren, 
he often has something special in mind for her. God had not abandoned Elizabeth. God had not renounced her. He had not turned a deaf ear to her and Zechariah, but had a plan for them and their son. The waiting, the praying had brought about their hope and the start of the hope for all people. For John would announce a coming Messiah. It would have been easy for Zechariah and Elizabeth to say, God must have forgotten us. God has abandoned us. And you know what? If God doesn't care for me anymore, maybe I don't care about him. But the text says both Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in the sight of God. They trusted God, even when things weren't going the way they wanted them to go. They trusted God's plan rather than their own. Do you think ever Elizabeth, while she was praying, said, God, God, just give me and my husband a son. It's my 29th birthday. After all, can I have a present? In that time, no children were assigned. And so they wanted a child desperately. And God's answer? Silence. And then some 50 years later, Happy birthday, Elizabeth! You and I might be thinking, well, that's not really good planning on God's part after all. Uh, these parents were old. What enjoyment could they have? Or activities could they do with this child? I know folks who had a child late in life. Don't try to tell them that child got shortchanged. We look with our eyes and we see less than what might have been because of age. But the stuff that matters comes not from strength of arms or swiftness of feet, but rather from the love of a heart. My family was of moderate income. My folks had to work two jobs to provide for our family. My dad worked at the steel plant, and then later on at a school. My mom was a cashier. My dad never graduated high school. My mom did. Their education did not define the love and joy in our home. The hand-me-down clothing did not mean we were not cared for or loved. The four boys in one bedroom did not mean that we were less than. Oh, it might have meant a few more gray hairs on my mom's head because I know what happened in that bedroom in the wee hours of the morning. But there was laughter. There was joy. There was love. Age, wealth, education, power, position matter little when love is the rule. When God is part of the equation, when God's love is present, what we're sought after. When he is there when in this seeking and it has finally arrived, there is no too late in life. Oh, the waiting and setbacks may seem like that DMV office, but God's timing and blessings are not. The funny thing about God's blessing is they very rarely benefit just one person. It's just that person who would benefited from God's blessing on them. They benefit the family. This past week, I said my father-in-law had that heart issue, and people prayed. And yes, he, it's, modern medicine did his part. I'm not denying that. But he's well and home. Did that blessing only benefit Vince? No, it benefited the whole family. 
It benefited everyone. Those who hear about it are uplifted. God's blessing very rarely benefits just one person. They benefit the family, the community, the family of faith around them. God's blessing of one person you know can strengthen your own faith, lighten your step with renewed joy, and can renew your own hope and what's going on with and for you. That is, if we wait on and for God's timing, God's plan. I don't know about you, but there's been times, times when I've gone to God and told him, this is my situation, and God, this is how you need to solve it. God, just let's do it my way. I don't want to wait anymore. Let's just do it this way, okay? Funny thing about that, my way is oftentimes limited. It's limited in foresight and insight. My way is limited in knowledge and understanding of those around me and what's the bigger picture view. My way makes it rosy for me, but maybe not so for other people. My way is what I think is right. My way wants a God that looks and does it my way. When we want it to look my way, we can miss when it's God's way. God may take longer. God may do it not how we expect it to do. May not look like what I thought it should or would look like. We may not even understand the why. God, God why like this? God, 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 why not like how I wanted it? God, why, why can't we do this now? Why do I have to wait? Years ago, uh, I took a youth group. To, we went out to... Uh, Colorado. And at that Colorado State University, they, there was a thing called International Youth Conference. We were out there with the kids. And, and part of that ch- time, I acted as security. It was fun. I had a ball. Um, and, and one of the speakers was a guy by the name of Francis Chan. Great speaker, Francis, and great pastor. Um, he's telling a story of how he had asked and prayed for this one thing to happen. This one thing. God, God, there's this thing in my way. Can't you just remove it? Can't you just take that thing out of my way? i got to get over here, and it's blocking me. He never went into details of what it was. Just there was something. Could have been an illness. Could have been a financial setback. Could have been, he didn't say, but there's something in the way. God, just knock it over so I can go on. And later on, Francis said, you know, that, that never went away. It stayed there. Because all he could see was the problem. All he could see was what's in the way. Knock that over, set it down so I can get going. What he didn't know was on the other side of that block, there was somebody. And if that block had been knocked over, that somebody would have been crushed. We can't see everything, but God can. We don't know everything that's going on around us, but God does. Trust his timing. Trust his planning. It may not look how you think it's going to look, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth didn't think at 80-something she'd be having a baby. In our waiting for God, do not think you're forgotten or overlooked. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And don't think you are of no value. You are precious beyond measure in his sight. (laughs) You are loved. The plans God has for us and with us 
don't usually happen with the snap of our fingers. Hey, God, can't we get this done? Come on. I hate being snapped at. Right? They happen in God's timing. But be assured that even if the waiting is long, you are not forgotten. You are loved beyond measure. Even if the waiting is hard, you are not forgotten. You are loved beyond measure. Even if the waiting is lonely, you are not forgotten. You are loved beyond measure. Even, even if the answer from God is no child, you are not forgotten and you are loved beyond measure. Even if the waiting has to go on until we are in God's presence, you are not forgotten. You are loved beyond measure. Sin is an ever-present part of our world. It causes us pain by the actions of other people, by the illnesses that come upon us. In our world, even in our daily circumstances, it's there. Yet in our waiting, look for God. Watch for his movement around you. See his hands at work. See his love surround you. Look for and trust the promises God gives us. The hope that is only found in God. That is only found in the waiting. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you for your, your hand that is upon us all. And Father, I pray for me and my friends. In this time of waiting, for whatever it is that's going on around us, in this time of where we bring prayer to you, we bring our wants, our desires, our hurts to you. Father, in that waiting, I pray for your presence. I pray for your peace to be with us and upon us. Father, give us the strength in the waiting, not to just say, oh, he's some old myth. We don't got to do that no more. Help us to be like those Israelites of old who waited 500, 700 years for a Messiah. Father, give us that type of patience. Father, help us to see that those things that happen in other people's lives should be joyous events for ours as well. That we can gain hope and strength from all of that. In the waiting, Father, in the waiting, grant us your peace, grant us your presence. Bring us your hope. Help us all to wait on your timing, for it is perfect and it blesses many. Amen. Jim. Let's stand together, lift our voices as we finish the service here. The first song the angels did say was a certain poor shepherd in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep no
As we wrap up our time together, be patient in the waiting, because patience develops hope. Paul writes about that. It's in Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a good week.